Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Following the biggest off-season of moves and acquisitions by General Manager Howie Roseman, the expectations of this city have never been higher. Welcome to the 2022 Panla Hockey Postgame Show on 6ABC.com and across the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, exclusively presented by Panla Hockey Giordano. Live from the Gallery Bar. Booking games inside Ocean Casino Resort. Let's get this post-game show underway. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Good afternoon, everybody, from the beautiful Ocean Casino Sportsbook right behind us. Uh, it is the Pond La Hockey Eagles post-game show. I'm Mike Missinelli with Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner. The Eagles put a flat-out whooping on the Giants today, 48-22. to don't even worry about that 22 because it was a, like a who cares touchdown that the Giants scored. They dominated another opponent in every game. Now, fellas, I've got a list of accomplishments here that I've got to read. And uh, so hang on. It may take us into the first commercial. All right, <laughs> so let's start. Let's start with this. The Eagles are 12-1. They clinched the playoff berth. This is the first time they've been 12-1 since 2004. You remember that year, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, they have 20 uh, – uh, three points now in, in their last three games, at least 23 points in, in the last three games. Uh, Jalen Hurts, let, let's, let's talk about this. He's got 20 TD passes now and 10 rushing touchdowns. And if he's not the MVP front runner, I'll leave the show right now and go deal cards at Blackjack. I'll tell you that right now. A.J. Brown goes over 1,000 receiving yards today. Miles goes over 1,000 rushing yards, 17 for 144, including a, a breathtaking, earth-scorching 40-yard touchdown, his second of the game late in the game. Uh, with Hurts, uh, it's the first time that three players in Eagles history have scored 10 touchdowns or more. The season's not even over yet. Uh, uh, they, they took the first drive 84 yards down the field for a touchdown. They answered anytime the Giants got near scoring, got close, or whatever, uh, got the momentum back, the, the Eagles would score again. And, and except for, for uh, uh, injuries to Blankenship and uh, the punter, Aaron Sipos, this it was a game that just keeps rolling and a team that keeps rolling. And for the first time, guys, I, I look at this team right now as the Super Bowl favorite. I'm tired of considering those AFC teams. This team is just demolishing people. Well, I don't know how you can argue against that because they play so consistent and so dominant on both sides. They go into games knowing exactly what we talk about all, see all week long, 
what the opponent's deficiency is, and they come out and attacking it. Prime example, first drive of the game. You knew the Giants going into this game had no Xavier McKinney. They had no Adoree Jackson. So they were definitely weak on the secondary. Eagles marched down the field 14 plays. Seven plays were passing plays to seven different receivers to score a touchdown. And they eat up eight minutes on the clock. It's like they toy with opponents. And, and there's nothing you can do. It's like, it's like a little brother picking on a big brother, right? You know, you pick and pick, and there's nothing you can do when a big brother decides to put his foot on your throat. And that's exactly what happened, Seth, when you look at this Eagles team, the way they played against Green Bay, the way they played against Tennessee, and again today against the Giants. Well, you know, it, it's just pretty evident to me, you know, when you look at this football team, it's just a great football team from head to bottom. I'm not even going to assign them good because defenses and defensive coordinators really can't do a whole lot with them. When they want to run the ball, they run the football. When they want to throw the football, they throw the football. Then they confuse you with their balance and, and run to pass from time to time. And then defensively, you know, um, Jonathan Gannon is just, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sometimes today. I mean, he just blitzed out of his mind today in the second half of this football game. And I'm like, where had he been? You know, so it's, it's the unpredictability, the consistency, and the efficiency that this team plays with that just kind of leaves you scratching your head like, you know, who can stop them, you know? Uh, uh, who, who can beat them when you really stop and think about it? Because, I mean, you, you think about the let, – let's think about the best teams in the league right now, you know? When Kansas City is right, you know, they're, they're the best team in the AFC. Um, the defense of San Francisco, you know, Dallas when they're hitting on all cylinders and, and – you know, they had to pull the rabbit out of there behind the day just to beat the Houston Texans. So I'd be real curious to see what those power rankings looked like last week from them clowns over on ESPN <laughs> talking about, you know, the Eagles are ranked fourth and Dallas is the number one team in the NFL. Um, but I, I digress. Um, when you look at those teams and you, you, you put that offense up against any one of those elite-level defenses, and I don't see them stopping them. And then you put their offenses up against our defense when our defense is at its best. And it just seems like they couldn't move the ball on our defense when we're 100% and when we're doing what we do. You know, I, I get so excited I missed a couple of things here. So I got to put the glasses on. I meant to say they scored 123 points in their last three games. They've scored more than 30 points in six consecutive games. They lead the NFL in points. They've won nine in a row. That's their ninth straight victory at the link. I mean, this, this team shows no signs of slippage. You're talking about those other teams. Those other teams are good teams, but they have all shown some signs of slippage. Buffalo has shown that. The Kansas City Chiefs has shown that. The 49ers are coming, but are they complete enough at this point? I don't know how anybody could look at the scene the way they're playing. And, and the Giants really were not a, a formidable foe today. I mean, they may stink. I, I don't know. But it's like every team that they come up against, they do just what's necessary, and they never fall back. No, listen, they do yeah. They do what they want to do. Exactly. Because, because I'm telling you, today was one of those days, D-Gun, excuse me. Yeah. Today was one of those days where, you know, you look at statistically who the Giants were, okay? Really, one would expect it for the Eagles to come out and just run the ball all over the place. The Giants are ranked 22nd, you know, um, not 22nd, let me get this right. They're ranked 23rd coming into this game, total defense. Um, 
against the run, they were 26, giving up 141 yards a game. So you would naturally think that the Eagles come out, run, 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 run. What did they do? They came out throwing the ball all over the map. They get a lead, and they come out at halftime, and they just go on, and Miles Sanders just loses his darn mind in the second half. And you know so what? They're, they they're, do basically that. Do, they're basically doing what they want exactly. to do. Exactly. They, they can do that because they know they can do it. You know, they, they, they do it because they know the other team can't. It doesn't matter whether they pass or run the ball. It doesn't really matter anymore what that team is weak against. They impose their will on everybody. Dave. Well, as I said on the pregame show, when Fabian Moreau is your best cornerback still standing for the Giants, what are you going to do? You're going to torch that secondary. And that's exactly what they did. They came out and basically told the Giants, here's our game plan off the bat. Now, we may switch it up when we get bored of torching you through the air. But they came out and torched this team through the air. Underneath deep balls, it doesn't make a difference. You know, Giants had a lot of inexperience in the back end of that defense. They're a beat-up team across the board on offense and defense. And the Eagles, the thing I love most about this Eagles team is, no matter who they lose in term of, terms of a front-line player, their depth is so good, the next player comes in, and it really doesn't hurt them. You look at the talent disparity on a lot of teams across the league where you lose a front-line player, and there's a significant drop-off in the next player that steps in. Not with this Eagles team. Yeah, you know, Seth, the Giants are a team that likes to blitz. I mean, they lead the league in, in blitzing. So uh, if you don't get home... That secondary is not going to cover what the Eagles have out there. Yeah. I mean, it was a yeah. joke. Listen, you can't you, you can't cover what the Eagles have out there even if you don't blitz. That's what I mean. You They're know? in single so covering those guys. Yeah, you can't do but it. But you know what? That's who they are. And, and, and when that's who you are and that's your mindset, you know, you pretty much just, you know, you stick to you stick to your guns. I mean, like, a leopard doesn't change his spots. You know, if he's got spots, guess what? He's going to show them spots. Giants had two chances today. They, they really, if Saquon they had was no healthy, chance well, today, they, no, as, far as, as far as what their plan was, if Saquon was healthy, they had to run the ball, keep the Eagles off the field, and the quarterback had to make some plays with his feet. We saw right away that Saquon Barkley was not 100%. So when, once the Eagles scored the first touchdown and dominated them down the field going 84 yards, what is that team going to do to answer? Absolutely nothing because the Giants offense runs through Saquon. They don't have the wide receivers. They have a rookie tight end who was hurt, who came back from an injury. An offensive line that's been a passed-up offensive line for weeks, there's nothing you could do. With Saquon playing at less than 50%, and you saw how few touches he had in this game and how few plays he was in for this game, and you saw him rotating that, that, that neck on the sideline, you knew he wasn't close to 100%. If he's not in the game, it's bad enough the Giants didn't have much of a chance going into this game. With him not in this game, they had no chance at all. And I, I tell you, Mike, the most impressive thing about this game was you knew Wink Martindale was going to blitz. Just as we expected, came out blitzing. The Eagles' protection from start to finish in this game was impeccable. The Giants' blitzes really didn't get home, as we're accustomed to seeing. And as you said in the pregame show, a lot of times it's not about getting a quarterback to a ground, the ground. It's about making him make a decision sooner than he wants to do. Right. Jalen Hurts at all the time he wanted to, for the most part, to make whatever decision he needed to make. Well, listen, they they picked it up. They were ready for it. And that's the one thing that I was wondering because, like I said, they hadn't seen this type of pressure package since week one when they played against the Detroit Lions and Aaron Glenn just threw the kitchen sink at him. So I wanted to see how was it, you know, how did Shane Steichen and, 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 and how did Nick Sirianni and, and how was Jalen Hurts prepared, you know, for this onslaught of blitzes, 
even though it hasn't been that effective for them, you know, you can create confusion just with pressure alone. Um, and Jalen came through, you know, with, with, with flying colors. L let me go back to what you guys were talking about. You know, they had a chance. They had no no snowball's chance in hell, okay? No, that's not what I meant, the now, chance. I get it. As I get far it. as the game plan. Right? I get it. I get it. But, okay, the Eagles had seven sacks. That's 13 sacks in the last two weeks, okay? They had no chance. None whatsoever. Even if Saquon came out and was healthy and was running the ball the way he needed to, the amount of pressure that they exerted on Daniel Jones early in this game and throughout this game, they had no chance at all. I'll amend that. I'll say their only chance was if that happened. If it, yeah. <laughs> about that? That's, what, that's what I meant to say. Well, so, it it so. was a total mismatch. The Eagles' edge rushers against the Giants' tackles. It was a total mismatch the entire game. Giants' tackles, even that first-round pick, Evan Neal, could not handle Josh Sweat, could not handle Reddick, could not handle Brandon Graham all day long. Listen, I, I mean, I, I don't really know what to say. They're 12-1 now. 12-1, they've done it a couple times, actually. We're back in the 50s, and they did it in 1980 with Vermeil, and, and they did it in 2004 the, with the Donovan team. I don't know. I need some research from somebody out there because uh, they're going to be 13 and one. They, they go to Chicago next week. That team's not going to beat the Eagles, even if they if they sl you know slip off a little bit. They're not going to win that game. Have, has an Eagle team ever started 13 and one? I'm thinking that next week they make history because I don't believe that 2004 team won that that next game after they went 12 and one. But, but regardless, they, one of my point is they're they're just unfettered. This team just goes out. And people ask me all the time, well, how many do you think they're going to lose? Is there another loss on the schedule? And I go, there's got to be. But now I don't even see that. I can't imagine this team, like, coming out and losing what, what, what they put together now and, and slipping down to a level where some inferior team can beat them. Well, the, the only possible loss you have to consider is that last game of the season against the Giants, the Eagles could already have the Rest number plus, one seed yeah. wrapped up sit all of their regulars, and the Giants may need that game to even get in the back door to play out. So the Giants play their starters against the Eagles' backup. But, but, but outside of that, even with this team having to go down to Dallas for that Christmas Eve game, I'm not looking at another potential Eagles loss until that last game, which could be a meaningless game for the Eagles. See, they're, they're, not losing to the, to, they're not losing to the Giants. By the time the Giants get to Week 18, they're going to have their U-Hauls and, and SUVs and all of that <laughs> could be. gassed up, heated, ready, you know, to actually get out of town. That That's that's what they're going to be. That's where they're going to be. Um, the, the, the game that – and it's not a respect thing so much more than it just is a fact. The Dallas game is going to be a tough game for them. Right. Okay? Because they're going to have Dak back. Everybody talked about, you know, the first win – against Cooper Rush. They're going to be in Dallas on Christmas Eve. You know, that's going to be a big game. Sure. And any time sure. that you have to go on the road and you have to play a game on the road, it is a tough game, okay? And Dallas knows that they're going to have to win that game, you know, for their for, for their for their playoffs, for seated. their playoff seeding. Sure. So at the end of the day, they they've got to, you know, they're going to come out, you know, with guns blazing. Now, the question is going to be, how is the Eagles going to react to it? And how, how are the coaching staff, how are they going to adjust to what they see? How have Dallas adjusted, you know, to the chaos and the conflict that, that, um, that Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and, and Shane Steichen put 
Michael Parsons in, okay, what's going to be their adjustment to that? I mean, there's, 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 this is going to be an interesting matchup. It, it really but, I, is. But, I think, but I think if there's one team that they could potentially lose to, yeah. it's got to be the Cowboys. Okay, but, no, nobody else on the schedule. But they, even, they're going to win every other game. But even if they lose that game, they will still have a one-game lead. Absolutely. You know, so, and we, I'm not, we don't know all the tiebreaker scenarios yet. So even with a one-game lead, if they go into that last game with the Giants and they've already locked up a number one seed, even if they lose that game to Dallas, I'm not playing my regulars that t- that entire game against the Giants. So I told I, you know, somebody made this. Somebody made this this. Uh, and and if Dallas loses today, then I, I agree with your assertion. Right, right. It, it doesn't matter. But somebody said that, you know, if they if they win every other game, and they only lose the game to the Cowboys, they're good. Yeah, that, forget about that. <laughs> forget about that. I, I hear a lot of people say that. I, I dismiss them. Hold on to these thoughts. We're going to get deeper. But uh, you know, a lot of Giants fans here. I see some Jets fans here, but a lot of Giants fans here at Ocean Casino. And, and they're about to crash their cars in the parking garage. So that would be a good time to tell those folks how to save up to 40% on their car insurance right now. Great Here's transition. Here's a message from our friends at Delva. <laughs> My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. The Apollo Hockey Post Game Show, and uh, I'm Mike Vicinelli with Eric Gunn and Seth Joyner. So, uh, Jalen Hurts today, 21 of 31. For 217 yards, two touchdowns, and also ran one. Another rating of 100 plus. Uh, and uh, you know the thing about him, we were <laughs> there was a funny moment on the sidelines because AJ Brown was it AJ and Quez that were uh, yucking it up on the all side. Th- all three of them. All three of them. AJ but, Quez and Devon. Right, all three. All, of them. Yeah, they all having a great game, yucking it up. And next to him is Jalen Hurts, stoic as he can be. Right? I mean, the man just is unaffected by anything, just goes out and plays. And it's kind of odd that he doesn't smile or get gleeful, but I guess I'll take that with the way this guy is playing. Hey, listen, I'll take it too. You want to you, you see something funny? I wish we had the video where we could show. Um, there was a, a ball that um, A.J. Brown dropped, and they flashed the camera over to, you know, Jalen's face. Look, and he was looking at him like, man, all that yucking it up you doing over on the sideline, <laughs> catch the damn ball, man. But he's it, all business. Now, and he is all business all the time. And, and I and I think that, you know, when you think about a quarterback, that's the way you want your quarterback to be. You know, you can celebrate when it's the proper time to celebrate. You know, the game is over. He's walking off the field. He's waving at the fans. He's yelling. But when it's game time. The only thing is on his mind. I mean, I've never seen it. was almost like he was over there asleep. I mean, if you, you could have walked over and took his pulse, and it probably would have been like 40-something. I'm like, dude, look look at this dude. You know, we, 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 look, we look for moments like that in the game to, to stay amused because the Eagles had this completely in control. Uh, and, and so now I'll mention the, the punter follies. There were punter follies in this, D. Uh, let, let's start out with, with the Giants punter, Jamie Gala, uh, who, who actually – dropped the ball and, and panicked so much that he then drop kicked it, which is illegal. You can't do that. They lost it down and 10 yards for that. An illegal punt. I don't think I've ever seen that called. And then, of course, Aaron Sipos, he, he, 
he, scoop, he gets his punt block, he scoops it up, and does, he does the Heisman run to the sidelines, and he gets buried and gets hurt. So I had to, I had to mention, I'm hard on kickers and punters, but that was, they were amusing parts of this game, right? I, I had never heard of the drop punt before, and we sat there anxiously wondering, what are they going to call on this play? And not only was it a loss of down, it was a 10-yard penalty. Eagles get the ball deep in the Giants' territory, and they punch it in for another touchdown. I mean, it's like when it rains, it pours. And, oh, by the way, it was raining a lot in, in yeah. MetLife Stadium yeah. today. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that. You know, you can drop kick the ball. The problem is it can't hit the ground, and then you kick it. Right. It's, it's an illegal kick. So I'm standing there not knowing the rule because we'd never seen <laughs> that before. Seen I'm like, okay, it's a 10-yard penalty. They're going to make a re-kick. And it's fourth down, and the, and the ump goes, oh, by the way, it's a loss of down and a 10-yard. I'm like, wait a minute. They're about to get the ball at the 30-yard line. Are you kidding me? This is like a monumental <laughs> mess up. I, ha I have to laugh because the dichotomy between kickers and real football players. I, I know I'm hard <laughs> on kickers. But that dude's got, like, the rock star hair, right? Look at me. I got this rock star hair. The beard. They're playing like that. There's no question he needs to be duct taped to his locker and shorn, <laughs> right, by, by tough guys. <laughs> You know, you, you were talking about Jalen Hurts and how stoic he was on the sideline. And, and I think we have to constantly remind ourselves, this young man is only 24 years old and shows the poise of a 10-year veteran. And you're right, he doesn't get caught up in all the yucking it up on the sideline. This time, there's, his, his face, facial expressions, his body manu mannerisms tell you, look, there's a time and place for everything. And when I'm out here between the lines, I'm all about my business. He's already thinking about the next play, next series, how they're going to attack. Yeah. And I'm telling you, light years above what we saw from Jalen Hurts uh, you know, in 2021. That's a, that's a coach's son, I'll tell you that. All right, let's go to the Eagles uh, the locker room uh, up there at MetLife uh, Stadium and talk to our buddy Lane Johnson, who joins us live from the locker room. First of all, Lane, uh, we got a little scared. They, they said uh, abdominal injury, but the, the word is that, that you're okay. So uh, talk about that, but, but also talk about the game plan where you guys pass blocked them, that you knew they were going to blitz, and, and you started off throwing the football with great success. Yeah, uh, just a little strain I felt uh, there in the fourth quarter. So I'll get it looked at tomorrow. I'll, I'll be all right. Um, yeah, uh, going into the game, we knew that we could protect up front. Uh, I feel like our receivers could make big plays. Half became more uh, back to running. So it was really pretty evenly back. Um, towards the end, but yeah, man, I was proud of how our team responded, uh, how the defense played. Uh, and we remember what happened here last year. We needed a pivotal win and didn't come with it, and uh, so it feels good to, to get one back. Hey, Lane, forget about the X's and O's for a minute. We got plenty of time to talk about that. They showed a shot of you on the sideline when he talked about you having that abdominal, abdominal strain, and I'm seeing, I mean, you got more war paint on than I've ever seen before. I mean, is that deliberate? I mean, is it, I know when you talk about baseball players, they talk about how it helps to cut down on the glare and the sun and stuff like that. I mean, but you take it to a whole nother level. I mean, I put it under my eyes, and then as I take my helmet off, it just smears it everywhere. So it ends up getting all over. <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be a better way, but it's like it's kind of like finger paint for me. It's just something I have doing it on game days. <laughs> Lane, talk about the challenge. I want to go back to um, Wink Martindale and his defense and, you know, the problems that they that they pose from a pressure standpoint. Um, you know, I talked about in the pregame that you guys probably, you know, hadn't seen the type of pressure that you'd face today. 
since week one against, you know, the Detroit Lions and Aaron Glenn and how he came at you guys. Um, you know, what was the thought going into the game today and how you guys were going to adjust to that? Yeah, and we knew from watching film that they were a really high-pressure team, uh, consistent with it, and, uh, and, and really do a good job of disguising it. So, um, you know, shout out to Kels picking up those, making the calls, and, and uh, guys communicating – uh, you know, and for people that are watching, uh, you know, the weight games is, is where, you know, the noise can affect the communication. So um, it all goes down to that. And I feel like we, we did a good job with it today. Lane, the numbers are, are eye-popping. I mean, Jalen with another masterpiece. He's got uh, 20 touchdown passes now, 10 rushing touchdowns. A.J. goes over 1,000 receiving yards. Miles on fire today. He's going over 1,000 rushing yards. That doesn't happen without great offensive lines, uh, giving him those kind of time to, to throw the ball down the field and get all these guys in sync to, to gain all those yards. So, I mean, you, you, you've probably never played in an offense that, that's this piston-like and this dominant. What's it feel like to, to have this go with you guys being a part of it? Oh, man, it's, it's been a lot of fun this year, uh, you know, but it, it all goes down to execution every week. Um, it's very easy to lose focus. So, uh, yeah, man, division opponent, big time game. We needed this one. So, um, you know, as these weeks wind down, we can hopefully create some separation, get all healed up and, and, and get ready for the next thing. Elaine, the ability of this team to turn it on and off at any given moment, especially on both sides of the football, has been just just impressive and in a lot of ways leaves you speechless. You know, one week you guys are rushing for over 350 yards. Next week you come right back, you throw for over 350 yards. You come back this week and run the ball for 253 yards. Is there anything that has surprised you about the way this offense has been going about its business all season long. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's really the same approach every week. Um, you know, you go into a game as if you're outgunned and, and outmatched. So, having that awareness is big. And then, really, it goes down to, uh, you know, execution. Guys coming in, uh, any types of rotations, making plays and, and being consistent with it, man. That's the hardest thing to do. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of great guys on our team. A lot of great leaders, uh, you know, old and young. So, you know, I'm excited. Lane, let's let's stick with the with the game planning because um, you know you guys have just mixed it up um, the last couple of weeks. I you know I ran the numbers for the previous three games, but you know from you look at today's game, you guys are pretty pretty balanced up. Do you guys ever go into a game? Do you come in on Wednesday or Thursday and the coaches look at you and say? hey, we're going to run the ball this game or we're going to pass the ball this game? Or is it just one of those situations where you're just feeling out the, the game as it unfolds and based upon how, you know, you guys think you can attack a defense on a particular day, it kind of goes that way. Because in the first half, you guys came out pass, 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 pass. In the second half, you came out and you just ran the ball down their throat. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wednesdays is, is really our big day. We get in there and, and start diagnosing what they do, uh, where we feel like we can capitalize. So we knew coming in that if we could hold up up front, which was challenging, that you know, have a lot of good players across the board, um, that, you know, we can make plays in the back end with our receivers. And then I think, uh, you know, it all goes down to talking on the sidelines. So making the adjustments, we felt uh, really we're going to test the waters early in the run game, the second half, just because we haven't really showed it. And, and then that started hitting off, too. Uh, you know, Miles making big-time runs, um, guys blocking. You know, that goes – that's more than just the O-line. That's receivers and tight ends, too. So, um, 
just a good job by the unit overall. Uh, Lane, listen, at, at this point, how do you guys avoid the Super Bowl hype? Because everybody now is talking about it. You guys have been dominant in most every game except one. And, and after this game, you, you know, the other teams that are contenders, people look at they've they've been kind of up and down. Uh, you know, they're, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, they're good teams, but they've shown some slippage. How do you guys prevent when, when the whole world is looking at you guys as maybe this team that gets to the Super Bowl, how do you avoid not noticing it or talking about it or acknowledging it? Yeah, I mean, it really goes down to controlling what you can control, uh, which isn't a whole lot. I think uh, having a good routine, a good practice schedule is good. And so, you know, our thoughts are is, is getting is getting healthy, um, you know, and still maintaining the, the level that we're at till the end of the season, um, you know, to the end of the regular season, regroup and, and get ready for a run. Hey, Lane, was there a statement message in any way, shape or form this game? Last year, you guys went into the Meadowlands and you basically gave the Giants a game. You had a lot of opportunities to win that game. Was, yeah. there, was there a message sent in this game? Uh, I mean, we obviously knew the feeling of last year. Uh, we needed this game. Uh, Would have really helped us, in, uh, you know, as far as the playoff run last year. and We fell up short. But, uh, I mean, far as not – I mean, not really. We didn't need a whole lot of motivation. I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, being emotional can cloud your focus and you can be uncharacteristic out there sometimes. So, you know, a lot of it's just – Simple, just going to practice, attacking that, meetings next. Um, but, yeah, man, we realize we, we have a lot of talent, a lot of ability. Uh, but we're just – we don't want to beat ourselves and we want to reach our potential. Lane, I don't know how you guys do it living in this era of, you know, social media um, because you hear everything, you see everything, you're cognizant of everything that's going on. It's almost impossible to, you know, not have rabbit ears. Um, quite a few people on ESPN – you know, had you guys, even last week at 11-1, and one, not the top team in the NFL, not even in the top two teams in the NFL, which I thought was a damn joke, to be honest with you. Um, so I, 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 know, I know the stock answer is, you know, we don't pay any attention to it. You know, we're just concentrating on what's inside. But you, got, you can't tell me that, you know, you guys aren't cognizant of, of the BS that goes on and, and what people say and how that motivates you. Yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you hear and see, uh, but, you know, you can you can decide how you're going to react to it. So I think, hey, if, if you need something to use it as motivation, I think, I mean, hats off to you. Um, you know, utilize it. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, if you go out there and win games, all that can, can save a lot, can, can say a whole lot. So, yeah, man, get healthy, uh, finish strong, regroup for a run, and that's where we're at. All right, Lane, listen, great job again. Uh, next week at the Bears, and then two weeks from then, you know what that game is. And uh, so that's a point everybody will be looking at. A great job, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Go guys. Thanks, Lane. Uh, that's Lane Johnson, it, the Eagles locker room. So let me ask you this question about, you know, when you're a player, you know your team is good. You know you're damn good. I mean, you played on some teams, you knew you were good. So uh, this team has to know they're good. How far can you take that? Because sometimes when you know you're good, you have a responsibility to live up to that every week. Other times it's like, well, you know, we're good and we don't have to play hard. So how does that work out uh, for a player, the dynamic of that? Well, because it, it comes down to confidence. And there's a major difference between confidence and cocky. 
cocky gets your ass beat. Confidence allows you to do what you know you can do at the at the highest of levels. Okay, this team you can tell they're 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 confident. You know, I, I, I you know one would say when you look at Jalen Hurts, you know, being stoic, almost sleep on the sideline, and you got AJ Brown, Quez Walker, and Devontae Smith yucking it up. You know that you know maybe there's a little bit of cockiness you know, caught in there, but you, you, you look at Jalen and you know he's not going to let that happen. You know that Nick Sirianni is not going to let that You know Lane Johnson is not going to let that happen, you know. So the, 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 the whole point about being confident is that you can't do what you do at your best level unless you have confidence. You know, there's only 1,696 players in the NFL. That's 53 men on each roster. And guess what? The one you want to know what separates them all, because it's not talent. The the, the talent dispar- disparity is so minimal. I mean, minimal to the point where you know a guy may be just a little bit better than you. Now, th- there's the elite players, but when you're talking about the best of the best, the top 1,696 players, guess what? The, the talent level is not that far off. So then what winds up happening is, what's the overriding factor? The overriding factor is confidence. Because I don't care what players say outwardly. There are some players that have, like, you know, this demon that sits on one shoulder telling them what they can't do, and the angel on the other side is telling them what they can do. And it comes down, for, for them, it comes down to, oh, which one am I listening to on a particular day? So, so at this stage, 13 games in, is it impossible not to think that you belong in the Super Bowl? No, because they've got to they've feel like and know that they are worthy of competing for you know, a, a, a Super Bowl championship. If they don't feel it and they don't believe it, then they won't have the confidence to go out and execute in ways that they need to execute in order to get oh, there. I get it, but what, do they believelieve it? Do you think they believe it now? Come sure, on, I mean, sure you're 12 and one. Sure they okay. do. What, what else you believe in uh, if you're 12 right. and one? But the one, okay. but the one I mean, I never, is. D-Gun, hold on. Yeah. I've never been 12 and one, okay? Yeah. God knows what he's doing when he gives certain people certain things. Because if he would have gave me 12 and 1, I don't know. I would have acted a plain fool, man. <laughs> but the one, ca- the one caveat is you can't get too far ahead of yourself. No, right. I get that. You right. cannot. I'm just saying, because that's human. when you lose. You know, these guys are human, too. And, you know, they, they go, man, I don't know. All right, so uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We have Devin, Devin Candy's going to join us with the Diamond Debate. And we did get an answer. Yes, that 2004 Eagles team did go 13 and 1. So the Eagles have to win next week to match that. It is the Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. We're live from Ocean Casino. You're watching us on 6abc.com and also on Jacob Media YouTube. And back after this with the Diamond Debate. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event.
Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey Post Game Show. I'm Devin Caney. Uh, guys, it is time for our Diamond Debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. Mark's provided me with some beautiful bling. Once again, if you need to buy a gift for your loved one, significant other, brother, sister, whoever it is, Mark's Jewelers is definitely the place you need to go for all your holiday shopping. Today, they hooked me up with this ring, necklace, and of course, my favorite hoop earrings. Uh, anytime they give me hoop earrings, guys, I get super excited. Hold on, what, um, how many carrots is that ring you're wearing? You know what? I actually didn't. I didn't ask today, but this might be my favorite ring that they've given me so far. It's like very. It's a nice piece, right yeah. there. Yeah, and it's got yellow some like diamond. gold and yellow diamonds yellow in diamond, it. Yeah. yeah. Is that um, an engagement ring or? Well, uh, yeah, I guess I'm married well, to the game. Well, I don't know. congratulations. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so shiny. You can literally see it so easily. Um, so yeah, guys, our diamond debate today, it was honestly a tough one to figure out because the game was so dominant in terms of the Eagles' performance. Uh, and that's kind of what led us to our, our prompt, and that is which Eagles unit is more dominant, their offense or defense. Uh, so Ooh. we can talk about this game in particular and then the season as a whole and who you have the most confidence in moving forward, especially into the postseason as the Eagles did clinch. So right now, pretty heavy uh, in, favorite, in favor of the offense. 91.6% have voted really? offense. 8.4% said defense. I knew you'd have something to say about that, Seth. Hey, listen, I'm I, I, I'm always going to be a proponent, you know, of pressure football, you know, which isn't in Jonathan Gannon's wheelhouse. That's fine. The team is 12-2. and two. You know, if you look at statistically where the Eagles are, I think they're much I, – I think they're a better team statistically defensively than they are offensively. And, you know – that, that's we're just we're debating. I mean, I don't even know where this question came from. You know why you got to pick one or the other because they're they're an entire team. But um, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that it's that that high for the offense opposed to the defense. I really am. Are you well, guys shocked? Well, no, I, I no, am not shocked no. because you, you're talking about a team that has now scored more than 30 points. They rank 48 on them today, six straight games, and uh, their quarterback is in the top five on almost every statistical category. So I, that's just been a dominant, dominant performance offensively. I mean, you just look at the scores. They, they, they had a 40 spot up there, a 32, 35, uh, uh, 38. Uh, the first game of the year. I mean, that's that's a prolific offense. So yeah, and I hear Seth because the defensive metrics are pretty good. But when you're uh, when you're scoring those kind of points, your no, offense is pretty much dominant. I get it, but that's better than pretty good. I mean, you're talking about a team that's leading this in the upper echelon and sacks in the top three. You're talking about a team that's been leading all season long in turnover ratio. Now the offense play obviously plays a role in that, but they're leading the league in takeaways. Um, they're leading the league, you know, I, I just, there's a lot there. And I think that, you know, I don't know, I guess you got to have the question and the debate. But I think, <laughs> I think you always have to look at teams, you know, from a synergistic standpoint. I think that, you know, especially the last couple of weeks, they've been playing complementary football. The offense has upheld the defense. The defense has upheld the offense. You know, and in the last two weeks, the darn special team has decided to be somewhat special, if you will. 
All right, so so Mike says offense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You say defense. No, I'm, I'm just. I, I'm, I'm no, you lean as well as defense. I'm just, I'm just debating. You're, well, yeah, you, you, you were the first shot that, that so many people yes, have voted I'm, for so, offense. No, if, offense if it was is winning it, by like 90%. Yeah, if it was more balanced, yeah. I'd right, be like, right. okay, I get that. Yeah. But to be like 91% offense over defense? Well, like, uh, I'm, I don't want to say I'm in that 91 percentile, but I'm leaning more towards offense than defense, and the reason being. When you score that many points with that much frequency at will, and I think you would agree with this, it takes so much pressure off a defense in terms of a defense playing more timid. When you rack up points like that on an offense, a defense plays more relaxed. You can play more carefree. You can do more daring things. Now, we know a Jonathan Gannon defense is not based on doing a lot of daring things. But you look at how they built this lead in this game today, and we're sitting there in, in awe that Jonathan Gannon blitzed as much as he did once they built that cushion. We're not, we're not used to seeing a Gannon defense do that. Yeah. But I think that was de- directly attributed to the fact this offense was rolling, unstoppable, and the defense could do what it wanted to do. And on top of that, as the Eagles started pulling away from the Giants, did you notice how the Eagles also up there hitting? Right. When they were hitting the Giants, the Giants basically quit, which also made the day that much easier for the Eagles as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But here's the thing, Devin. I'm I'm looking at some numbers here. The Eagles uh, have scored 386 points this year. Now, if you do the little – I did my little elementary school math on that. That is exactly 30 points a game. But to Seth's point, their point differential, which is a very important number, is a plus 138, which means their defense is also participating in that whole thing. But when you're averaging 30 points a game, that's doing something in this league. So I have to go there. Yeah, I mean, and I also think you have to to credit the stats. Like, offense is better or easier to measure, you know? Like, when you look at the numbers, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders all have 10 touchdowns on the season. Miles Sanders passed 1,000 yards this season already. Like, in defense, yeah, they lead the league in takeaways. They had seven sacks today, and that's impressive. But I think it's harder to, to kind of measure that. They um, are, they, they are a extremely complete deep offense when you stop and you think about it. Uh, um, they got so many weapons across the board, and you know, arguably, you know, one of the greatest defensive, you know, minds in the game has always hung his hat on being able, Bill Belichick, to be able to take away your best and make you win with your lease. Well, who do you take away on this team? You got a 1,000-yard rusher, a 1,000-yard receiver, a quarterback that's run for 10 touchdowns, a quarterback that's thrown for 20 touchdowns. Um, Devontae Smith is literally 280 yards away from, you know, you having a second, third, you know, 1,000-yard wide, wide receiver. If Dallas Goddard doesn't get hurt, you know, maybe he has a 1,000 yards. Yeah. So when you got those kinds of weapons, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy you know, to be efficient on the offensive side of the ball. And the fact is Jalen Hurts has still only thrown three interceptions this yes. whole season. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. Quick quick question. Point differential. The Eagles are number one. Who's number two and three? And, and point differential talking, in the league. Wow. Point, Eagles oh, are one at, at Chiefs? a plus 138. Who's second? Chiefs? San Francisco. No. San Francisco. The Bills are second. Who's third? The Dallas Cowboys. Oh, no. Okay, okay. And that's coming up. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Look at Mike. Can't wait. Promo. Um, well, it's I'm glad promo. that you actually brought that up because that was my kind of secondary topic that I wanted to talk about. Of course, after a win like the Eagles got today, you can only look ahead. Everyone's had that Cowboys Christmas Eve game, guys. 
do we think the Cowboys are going to ruin our Christmas for us, or how are you feeling about that one? Because they did get a win over the Texans. I thought they were going to lose for a bit. I think everyone did. But. What's the um, what's our record right now? Uh, I believe it's twelve and one. Twelve and one. Yeah. Um, you think they're going to Chicago next week and losing? Uh, no, I absolutely. All right, so, <laughs> listen, thirteen and two ain't ruining my Christmas. Okay. No, no. Oh, so I, I'd, ra- so I'd rather saying. I'd rather be fourteen and one. Well, okay, but thirteen, but thirteen and two is not. It could happen. Right. Then. What about the playoffs? Then what if the scenario works out where the Eagles have to play the Cowboys Christmas Eve and then have to play them in the postseason? That's okay. Have Dallas come outside when it's twenty degrees outside. Absolutely. Get them out of that, the comfort of that seventy-five yeah. degree See, dome. That, so you guys that, all sound so very confident. You know what? You know, you know what? Uh, listen, it might. And 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 another thing, if they wind up having to play them three times. I would much rather they lose on New Year's Eve right. and get them at right. home yes. for, totally for, 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 for the tiebreaker than yes. for them to win on New Year's Eve and then have them son of a guns march up in here on, in, on NFC, in the NFC Championship and lose at home. Oh, hell no. Well, You're you, talking about a miserable, miserable damn offseason, uh, man. You, you look at the common opponents, two key common opponents. Dallas blew out Minnesota 40-3 to in Minnesota. Dallas blew out Indianapolis, put up 54 points on them. The Eagles had to rally in the final minutes of the game to win that game. That's not saying Dallas is better than the Eagles, but you look at the margin of victory of both of those games, and Dallas, you know, say what you want to say about Dak Prescott. I am not about to put Dak Prescott in the level of elite quarterback, but compared to Cooper Rush, he's seen more. You know, he reads a defense better. Can Dak win a big game? That's been the biggest dark cloud over Dak Prescott. Can he win a big game? He has yet to prove that. But when you look at this Dallas defense, they have something they haven't had in quite some time. They have a fearsome pass rush, and they come, they're come. they coming after you. Now you've got to go into the back, their backyard Christmas Eve, national audience. They're thinking in the back of their minds, okay, you got us the first time with a backup quarterback. Now it's our turn. Now we don't obviously know what's going to happen at this point, but I expect it to be a much more entertaining game from start to finish. You know, at first I thought they had – you know, that's a game they're likely going to lose. They can't win every game, and that's going to be a formidable situation. I don't know who's going to be favored in that game. It's going to be interesting to see who's going to be favored in that game. I, I see the Dallas Cowboys. Like, they struggled today with the Texans. And I go, you know, that they, but so they've, did been the Eagles. In, they've been impressive in, in certain games, but they've also stumbled in certain games. I look at this Eagles team, and I go, they just don't stumble. So even if I round it off and say, oh, they're due to lose, and it's a revenge game, and it's in Dallas, and it's a national spotlight, I, I just I can't say here that, that, that the Eagles are going to lose that game to the Cowboys, and I think they might even be a slight favorite. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. Thank you. This team has already shown they can handle any adversity, any stadium in the National Football League. It doesn't make a difference. We can play on a sandlot. We can play on a battleship. It doesn't make a difference where you want to play. We're going to line up with our talent against your talent, and let's see if you can stop us. And outside of them giving a game away to the Washington Commanders, nobody's been able to stop this team. Is this the most dominant Eagles team you've ever covered, watched? Ooh, the 2014 was special. Okay. Um, 2017 was quite impressive because that team lost the franchise quarterback, a future Hall of Fame left tackle, a future Hall of Fame special teams player, the middle linebacker, and they still found a way to win that Super Bowl. Um, I would say this team is comparable to both. I can't say it's the most dominant until we sit down at the conclusion of this season and see where the numbers are. I think it is. 
I, I look at how deep they are. I look at how, how diverse their offense is. I don't think that 2014 had the diversity of offense that this team had. I don't think the 2017 team did either. They've got such depth on their defensive line. Their linebackers have played at a level that we've never really seen, and their corners are excellent. So, like, I look at this team talent-wise and say, this is the best team I have seen. And, of course, it starts with the quarterback who doesn't make mistakes. All right, Mike, let me answer this then. I said it, but I can't answer that question right now because the 2014 went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. The 2017 team went to a Super Bowl. There's still a long way between now. Oh, I got that. And, and right now, this Eagles team is my favorite to represent the NFC mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I can thoroughly answer that question until we see where this team goes. Yeah. One team won the Super Bowl 2017. The 2014 team lost the Super Bowl. If they just get to the Super Bowl, then I can give you a more definitive answer. Can I ask okay. a question? Yes. Why are we always making comparisons in sports? Because it's what we do. <laughs> no, that's it's what y'all do. No, 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 say y'all. You're the media it's, too. I don't. So do I don't it, make you comparisons. Do it as well. Yes, you fun. do. Huh? It's fun. Hold no, up. it's not. Hold yes, up. Hold up. Hold up. See, I'm gonna have some talking about right here. I'm gonna talk to you right now. You're talking about two different. You're talking about different eras in football. It's like the Michael, you know, LeBron debate. It's like you know. This, this wait, team. Wait, wait, I'm, like, I'm going to let I'm him like, answer. I'm then I'm going to catch I'm him like, right here. I'm like, stop it already. Because, you know, <laughs> there's always there's always different intangibles. The offense that we're seeing run right now is not the offense that Donovan McNabb ran. It's not the, the offense that right, Nick Foles stepped in. that's why it's fun to compare. No, it's not fun oh, to oh, compare, oh, oh, compare because it's, they're too different. Yeah, but They're Seth. too different. You can't even take the quarterbacks and lay them over top of each other from a numbers perspective because there is no comparison, Jalen Hurts, to any of these other quarterbacks that won or went to the Super Bowl. Donovan didn't run. Nick didn't want to run. All right, Seth, yeah. I have sat here and listened to you time and time again talk about linebacking play when you played the game compared to linebacking play today and about how it makes you grit your teeth the way they, they are not taught properly. Right. So that's what we do in the media. We compare errors. I'm you not, talk about the, the, the way you were taught to play the game to compare the way these guys are taught to play the game now, and it drives you nuts. Okay. And if you were a coach, you were not coach. Okay. To what you see today, correct? What I'm telling you is I'm not making comparisons. There's a difference between comparison what you see on the field and the technique and the fundamentals of the game of football. Those intangibles never change. I don't care what era you're talking about. Okay? But it's still a when comparison. I'm, when, I'm, when I'm looking at these guys play, it's like I'm watching the game and I'm mentally telling myself, oh, this is what they're going to do. Why? Because I'm, I'm reading my keys Okay, I've studied film, yes. so so yes, I know. So when I'm looking at these guys and they're like standing there clueless, don't even know which gap they're supposed to, that they're responsible for, or where they're supposed to be stepping, or when they're in the zone coverage. It's still a comparison. Are you gonna let me finish? Are, are you gonna, no, it's not Listen. another category it, it is. because he talked about he talked about the way that these guys play today. In opposition of how I, I get it of, 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 of how I play, so let so let me finish. Uh, <laughs> so you got a linebacker that drops, and he knows that he's you know the, the number three on that side in the zone, and you got three guys lined up to your side. That's like you dropping. You're not even cognizant of of the fact that number three, the number three wide receiver went out. 
If he went out, something's got to come back. Why don't you turn and look to see what's coming back in? Guess what he's doing? He's standing there looking at the quarterback like the quarterback's going to say, hey, I'm throwing it is to that, that guy behind is you. Is that not a comparison? Come on. No, Seth, that's not a comparison. Not a sure it is. It's not a comparison. Yes, it is because you talk. It's technique and fundamentals. You can't compare technique and fundamentals. You said you guys were taught to play the game a certain way when you played, right? Okay, right? Am I right or wrong? Techniques and fundamentals. Am I don't right change. or wrong? Okay. Techniques and fundamentals don't change. But they have, Seth. They don't change. Because the cornerback play is different. Change. The cornerback play is different is nowadays. Different? You know why? Because these kids today are not taught to turn taught to turn around and look for the ball. Ah. Okay, see? The key word that you said, they're not taught. Yes. Okay. That's, that's, that's what I said. Way. But that's my point. If I was a defensive back coach, you couldn't play defensive back for me standing up, looking in the backfield, okay? If I got you man-to-man, my eyes are on you, not the damn quarterback. Well, guess what? Because while you I'm have, looking at the quarterback, you, what are you doing? Okay. Running away from me. Okay, guess and what? that's what you see all the time. You see it week after week <laughs> after you, week. You would have no thing. defensive backs playing for you then. Based on what we see in college football and the pro football game today, you would have no cornerbacks. Let me tell you something about what you see. What you see is either being coached or it's being allowed, okay? And in each in each scenario, okay, think about that. It's either being coached, imperfection and 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 weight and flaws are either being coached or a player is playing with it, and the coach who's coaching him is allowing him to play the game that way. It has to be the coaching because it's consistent across the board okay. in both the college so ranks and the pro game. Go get some damn game. coaches who know what the hell they're doing so you, you can teach them? your players how to play the damn game. Where are you going to get them? Because they don't exist right. in today's football. Okay. They yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah, they do. I was, letting, I was letting you guys roll for a while, but now we went from comparisons to, you know, that's right. I don't know, to coaching. Why do we do comparisons? It's a comparison. Because it's fun. Yeah. Also, it's if you, just yes, fun. It's fun. It's fun. Let your hair down. It's not oh, fun wait. for me. All right. Well, <laughs> that wraps up our diamond debate presented by Mark's. Hey, I can grow hair now. <laughs> don't don't let the smooth taste fool you now. We're you, you, take a you, break. you think you think I'm bald? If I want to grow a full head of hair, I can grow it. This is easy. I just shave it twice a week. Oh, wow. I see the nubs. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. hadn't missed work in 15 years. His injury required months of rehabilitation, and unfortunately, the insurance company didn't see it that way. I was working two jobs, but it wasn't enough. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. We sat down, told him our story, and they guided us through the whole workers' compensation legal process. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story.
Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Continue your communication sciences and disorders education at Salus University within the Doctor of Audiology or Masters of Science in Speech-Language Pathology programs. With state-of-the-art labs, on-campus clinics, and extensive externship opportunities, students position themselves to be at the top of the job market. Stand out in the audiology and speech-language pathology profession by visiting salus.edu. Welcome back to the uh, Pond La Hockey Eagles postgame show. Eagles put a whooping on the Giants today, 48-22, with Miles Sanders, 17 rushes for 144 yards. A couple of injuries is in, in this game. So in the house, let's bring in, he's live today on the set. Let's bring in our sports doc, orthopedic surgeon, neurosurgeon, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Dr. Bruce, thanks for being with us today. Let's talk about a, a, a couple of injuries. Uh, and, and the one that, that we saw that uh, was, was the most problematic uh, was uh, the uh, Reed Blankenship, and, but also the punter, Sipos. Yeah, I'm just looking at a digital photo right now of Sipos. He's got a, don, a really heavy Donjoy foot and ankle boot on. And my concern, yes, thank you. And my concern is that he has uh, either a high ankle strain or even a fracture. Unfortunately, he wears those little, those little tiptoe dancing shoes without much support. And my concern is the fibular bone is a non-weight-bearing bone, but it's enough to uh, require a boot such as that and also a high ankle strain. It looks like he's on crutches. So this is of great concern for, uh, because Jake Elliott had to punt and actually did a fairly good job there. Hey, Doc, I'm, uh, I'm told that the, uh, 
the injury with Blankenship, there, there's some concern about an ACL tear. Now, we saw when he went down, he immediately grabbed at it, you know, and obviously they, they still have to go through an MRI to determine what exactly it is or isn't. What What is the process, the total process from now until they go through this to determine exactly could it be a slight tear, could it be a major tear with the ACL? Well, there's actually a physical test called a drawer sign. So if you imagine the knee is stabilized anteriorly by the ACL, and if you pull the knee and like you open a drawer, and if the knee opens like a drawer, in most cases, that means it's a it's a torn ACL. So unfortunately, they won't they they will wait for confirmation. But when they suspect it and they talk about a ligament so definitively, D, um, I, I'm I'm concerned. Uh, those guys, Doc, seem like you know they're going to be out for a while. Uh, it's a done deal. It's it's I'm, I'm sad for. You know, Blankenship. I mean, this kid was playing some pretty darn good football. Yep. The future looked bright for him. Now he's got to kind of regroup and go back. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Lane because um, I think that you know Lane leaves with a groin strain, um, and he says you know in his, in his in his interview that he was kind of doing okay. I'm curious, you know, if he's okay, what's the likelihood that he plays next week? Now, could we get away with Jack Driscoll for a week? Probably. But, you know, you want to have your best guys out there at all times if, if, if it can be. Um, but I get the sense that Lane felt a little something, felt a little twinge, but it wasn't necessarily something that was major. Yeah, they're definitely going to check him for a hernia, uh, which you could get an abdominal hernia or an inguinal hernia. And he'll probably get an MRI too. If they see that there is some swelling or some contusion with his, his abdominal wall, I would play it safe, and I would keep him out a week. If everything's dead normal and if he responds well to PT, heat, and ice, he might be back. All right, let's look at the, the guys that are on the shelf because uh, we really haven't had an update on when these guys are going to return. And Dallas Scott is still out. We, we don't know what the story is with him at this point. And, and also C.J. Garner-Johnson. What, what, what are you thinking here about this rehab? What I've heard about C.J., I think he's a week or two away from playing. I believe what I've heard is kidney function's perfect, the laceration's healing. He did suffer a rib injury, and it has, it has to do with pain control. So if they can control his pain, CJ will be back in a week or two, and that's, that's very good news. With Goddard, the Eagles are very close to the vest. We still yeah. haven't gotten the MRI. I don't know whether this is a, a separated shoulder, a rotator cuff problem, or an AC strain, but from what I understand, he's progressing. So my hope is in the next week or two, Next week, it's an away game against the Bears at Soldier Field. Very inclement weather. I would hold him out for that. I'd hold both guys. Well, let me say this. I'd hold Gardner out for sure. As far as Lane, if he's fine. But I, I wouldn't bring uh, Goddard back until the Cowboys game. That's a much more significant game than the Bears game, in my view. Let me pick up on something you just talked about when it comes to Goddard. You said it could possibly be a rotator or, or it could be a, what, a slight tear in there. Which, which of the two is, is worse and harder to come back from, or is it based on the individual? Well, if he had a full separated shoulder, that means he's wearing a brace. They're trying to tighten things up. We talked about PRP, platelet-rich plasma. So if there's a separation, it means it's an instability. If it's a tendonitis, a rotator cuff, that's an inflammation. That could come back much quicker to PT. They do really well with anti-inflammatories. So if there's a discontinuity of the shoulder, such as a separated shoulder, I'd be more concerned 
than if it is just a rotator cuff inflammation. People could come back and come back strong from that. How concerned, you know, I, I hear you say, because I think Gardner Johnson, you know, coming back next week, you know, is a big deal. Um, if, he, if, if, in fact, he's ready to come back next week. You talk about pain management. You talk about, you know, um, the liver actually healing up. You know, what's the downside of, of bringing him back next week and it being too early? Even if you can manage the pain, I mean, most professional football players have a very high pain tolerance to begin with. And, of course, he wants to be out there. But sometimes you have to protect, you know, these young guys from themselves and their own mentality. And you got to protect them in a way of what's best for them. So, yeah, you can bring him back if it's a rib injury. Yeah, you can always try to protect it as much as you can. But at the same time, you know, this guy's got a lacerated liver. You know, you're talking about a major, major um, organ in the human body. You know, are you really well willing to risk that rather than wait another week? Well, it's a good question. You have to rely on objective testing. So it's actually kidney. and kidney, but the, I'm sorry. No, I mean, that's okay. You know a lot more about linebacking than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so in any event, so you could actually look at the kidney with a CAT scan, and you could see that the capsule, which is the outer, if there is integrity of that outer capsule in the kidney, they can do blood work. And if that kidney is filtering everything, it's perfect. You can identify the kidney is perfect. And at that point, you move on to the rib and you move on to pain control. If there's anything borderline at all about the imaging, about the kidney function, you don't risk it. All right, let's take a break. That's Dr. Bruce Grosinger, our own sports doc. Thanks, Doc, for coming on the set. Thanks so much. Good to be here. Explaining the injury situation. Yeah, that's uh, the Lane Johnson thing is, is really interesting. That you might be tempted to rest them against the Bears because you know you're going to smoke them. But I guess you can't take uh, that in, uh, into consideration. Uh, the Pondla Hockey Eagles post game show continues after this. We'll get into our our two minute drill. We still have John McMullen coming our way live from the stadium. Uh, we're back after this. to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles go passionately Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Welcome back to the uh, Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show. I'm looking at this Philly tea here. Look at we got some Philly tea in front here. Can we crack one of these open? Early Christmas yeah, gifts. We, we can. All right. Yeah. That's uh, 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 what are we doing that for? What's the Philly tea? Oh, the Mummers. Oh, it's the Mummers connection. There you go. Do we get to Mummers take these home? Mummers coming up. D. Ask Joe Krause. Hey Joe, do we get to take these home? <laughs> no. We he there's nothing. He said a four pack and a football. It must be Christmas. There's nothing in them. All right. He said they're empty. (laughs) The Eagles walloped the Giants. They're 48 to to 22. So let's just go over a couple things, and I want to get to the uh, uh, two-minute drill with you guys, and I have some provocative questions for you. But they're 12-1 now. They clinched the playoff berth, as if that was uh, in question at all. Uh, They did go 12-1 in 2004. In fact, they went 13-1 in 2004. So next week, with a win, they can tie that. Jalen Hurts, another masterpiece. He's now got 20 touchdown passes, and he's run 10 of four touchdowns. Uh, and, and with uh, A.J. going over 1,000, with Miles going over 1,000, uh, it's the first time that, that uh, Hurts uh, with the two guys have, have had all uh, three players on an Eagles offense have had 10 touchdowns. And, um, 
you know, today they, they weren't tested. They, they took the opening drive right down the field, which is probably going to be our drive of the game. Uh, and then they just waited for the Giants to do something. The Giants weren't capable of doing anything. So except for these injuries that we have to deal with, the Eagles are just keep rolling and rolling along. And uh, it's uh, really impressive. And, and Miles Sanders, 17 for 144 today, including a really nice 40-yard uh, touchdown uh, there towards the end of the game. And, and the Giants did score a, a feeble eight-point touchdown to make that a little closer, but it really should have been 48 to, to 14, right, <laughs> this game? No, no question. <laughs> so just a quick impression of this game and what they did in this game, which has now made me think that they, they should be uh, the best team coming out of the uh, NFC. So what are your thoughts? Uh, I think they are the best team not just in the NFC but in the NFL right now until further notice. I think this team really has to just challenge itself. They don't have much of a challenge when it comes to playing most of the opposition they face. <clears throat> are the Bears, the upcoming Bears, even close on the same planet to the Eagles? No. no. The Saints? No. We saw what they did to the Giants, which they will see again in the last game of the season. Dallas remains to be seen. But this team, I think, has to, to basically play mental games with itself to challenge itself because a lot of what they do is so effortless. Um, I, I don't think – if you're talking about a team that has flaws, I think this team, this one team, has the least amount of flaws. No matter how we critique them, when you compare them to any other team in the National Football League through 13 games – I think this team has the least amount of flaws of any team that's out there. I totally agree. Seth, least amount of flaws of any team out there. Um, I don't think it's a flaw thing. I think it's an execution thing. You know, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think they execute their offense better than most offenses, you know, execute their offense. I think the only team that you can look at and say that, you know, on a consistent basis – and they've had their hiccups throughout the year um, that you can, dare I say, compare them to, um, is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, other than that, there's no other team that runs their offense the way they want to run it. When they want to run the football, they can lock in and grind it out. When they got to throw the football, they are extremely creative in, in, in how they get to what they want to get to based upon you know, the, the defense that you show them. And for the most part, Jalen Hurts has done a phenomenal job pre-snap of looking at, you know, what's before him, being able to dissect it and putting this offense in the right play, whether it's run or pass, to be able to defeat the front or the coverage. Um, then when you look at it on the defensive side of the ball, you know, again, you know, they're not as aggressive as I like to see them be, but it's hard to, hard to argue with the fact that, you know, they're in the top three almost in every category. You know, they're one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, they're um, sacking they, the quarterback well, without I mean, they really got any extra 13, help. They got 13 sacks in yeah. the last two games. It's amazing. You know, so when you stop and you consider all of those things, you know, people can talk all the nonsense they want, all that, oh, Dallas scored 50-something points, so all of a sudden, you know, against a, a crappy team, and all of a sudden they shoot up, you know, over the Eagles in the, in the power rankings, according to everybody else. I'm curious to see what the Dodos are going to do this week, you know, because the Eagles just, you know, put 48 on the Giants, and the Giants are a much better team than that team that, you know, that, um, that, than the Indianapolis Colts. So, you know, now what, 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 is, what is the 
What are the gurus going to say now, Mike? The dodos. The power uh, rankings are nothing uh, yeah. more than a You like the dodos better than the gurus? I like the dodos. The power rankings are nothing more than a conversation piece. Yeah. It's, it's an opinion. You know. It is. It and, is. You know, we, we love looking at it. And then we do them our own platforms. We do our own power rankings and stuff I like that. I get it, D-Gun. But you know what? It's one thing when one dodo said. When you got about four or five dodos that keep saying the same damn thing, it's goes <laughs> more, it goes way beyond just – a, a conversation piece, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the numbers are just eye-popping. They average 30 points a game. Uh, their point differential is amazing, 123 points in the last three games. And the Dodos aren't always right. So I would think that this game gets their attention. All right, let's snap into a two-minute drill here, kind of what, pick up what I, what I just asked it. Right now, would you pick to be the Eagles to be the NFC rep in the Super Bowl? Oh, there's no question about it. Based on performance, based on their, you know, we talk about how much they've dominated in recent weeks, but look at how they came back and fought tooth and nail to win their game against Detroit. Look at how they came back and fought tooth and nail to win their game against Indianapolis. A lot of teams out there wouldn't have been able to do that. And I'm talking about teams that are going to the playoffs. This team finds ways to get the job done. It may not always look pretty. It may not always look dominant. Then we have consecutive weeks like we've had against Green Bay, Tennessee, and the Giants. We sit here talking about, wow, running game, wow, passing game, wow. Yes, there's no question right now this team is a representative to the Super Bowl. But we're over our shoulder. We're looking at this San Francisco team. I was team. just going to so, say that. So, so Seth, right now, uh, do you put the Eagles uh, as the, the NFC rep in the Super Bowl? Now listen, there's no doubt about it. You know, nobody's afraid of San Francisco. San Francisco's got to get on the plane and come all the way across the country, you know, to, to, to get to the Super Bowl. They got to come through Philly at the end of the day. Um, and they, they don't have a whole lot of anything that we don't have. All the dynamics that they have, we have him. You know, Debo Samuel's been beat up, and he hasn't been the player that he's been the last couple of years, you know, this year. You know, Ayuk, I mean, he's the most enigmatic wide receiver, the first-round pick of the wide receiver that I've seen in a long time. You know, yeah, you go and you get Christian McCaffrey. That's that's like highway robbery, you know, for that team. That to was be able huge to, for them. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, because he can do so much. Um, but then you mess around and you lose Jimmy Garoppolo. You got Brock Purdy, and he's out here, you know, looking like Joe Montana today. <laughs> yes, he and, is. And, and, and you got, you know, one of the top defenses, the top three defense in the NFL as well. So is it going to be a battle? Absolutely. But I don't, I, don't give, I don't give San Francisco any great advantage or any great credence, you know, over our football team because the same – the same things that they can exact, we can exact the same things. You know, the only difference I would see is maybe, you know, special teams. You know, because when, when it comes down to it, our special teams are really going to have to raise their level when it comes to the playoffs because that can be a, a, a game changer. Playoffs slash turnovers and taking care of the ball. You got to be really diligent about those two things because when you compare our team to everybody else, we're better than a lot of other teams. But when it comes to San Francisco, yeah, we're they're they're, they're close to us. Uh, yeah, and the Eagles special teams. I guess they're going to have to sign a punter uh, this week. Not that that's yeah, that yeah. big of a deal, but but you know the used to. <laughs> He used to the special teams guy gets used to having the punter and covering oh, off that guy's punts. And so it might be a little bit of adjustment, but I don't think it'll be a big thing. All right, second two-minute drill question. Jalen Hurts, if he finishes the season um, resembling what he's done so far, is he the definite league MVP? 
Um, we had this discussion up in the green room during the game, and Seth presented it to me, and I said I agree with you 100%. But I go back to last year. Tom Brady led the NFL in passing yards at over 5,100 yards, 43 touchdowns. He had 12 interceptions, a 102 passer rating. A guy named Aaron Rodgers threw for 1,000 yards less than Tom Brady. The difference was Aaron Rodgers only had three interceptions and a QB rating that exceeded 112. Rodgers finished number 10 in the league in passing. Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP. How is that possible? And both teams, by the way, finished with identical 13-4 and four records in the regular season. To directly answer your question, yes. I think as we sit here right now, Jalen Hurts is the MVP. But because of what I've seen last year and in recent years, who knows what the uh, decision makers are thinking because everybody loves any and everything that Patrick Mahomes does. And Joe Burrow. And who, Joe Burrow's who, who coming on late. creeping in there. Yes, he is. Listen, I, I, asked, I asked you guys the question while I was watching the game. What does the most valuable player in the NFL signify? What does it signify? It, you're, you're basically saying that the player that's most important to the success of his team, and if your team is 12-1 and one, and everybody else has got at least two losses and he continues on this track, Okay, he's got 10, 10 rushing touchdowns with four. What is it? Four games left. He's got twenty-two passing touchdowns with four games left. He's got to be close, creeping eerily close to a thousand yards rushing. Ain't nobody even really talking about that. Okay, he's you know right on the cusp, if not over three thousand yards passing with four games remaining, and your team is the best team in the NFL. If 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 your if your landmark if your if the standard for being the league MVP is the player that's most important to his team and the most and the best team in the NFL is the Philadelphia Eagles, then it's impossible for them to vote anybody else as the league MVP than Jalen Hurts. Now they can do whatever they want to do with it. That's my take. That's my opinion. Okay, the guy because you got to ask yourself: Are the Philadelphia Eagles? 12 and 1 without Jalen Hurts at quarterback right yeah. now. Nope. Not just no, hell no. <laughs> but as you just heard me say, it doesn't make sense a lot of times. No, I get it. Because of what happened last year. I and get years it. years preceding that. Be gone, I'm just yeah. making my case. No, no, you're right. I agree <laughs> with you 100%. But I'm just saying it's easy to us. But it seems like when the final analysis comes down, it's like, how did you even come up with this? According, I mean, the decision makers in the final analysis. I think it's more of a popularity contest than it is a production contest in a lot of ways. And unfortunately, if, if Jalen Hurst doesn't win the MVP this year, if he continues to do what he does, it's a crime, and there shouldn't be any voting, plain and simple. Well, listen, you made Lamar Jackson the MVP. and Jalen He ran Hurst, for 1,000 yards. J Jalen yeah. Hurst is doing some of the same thing. Absolutely. It's hard for me Absolutely. to believe that, you know, and, 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 and I promise you, Lamar Jackson, that year that he won the MVP, he wasn't 12-1. and one. No, no. no and, and that's a great point because normally when you see a quarterback with big rushing totals, the voters will hold that against them somehow. But it, you, Lamar Jackson kind of blew that up. So you're right. I think it would be a, like a total, total crime if, if he didn't win the MVP. He's in the, I mean, if you look at all the categories that he's in the top five or even top three, uh, it's, it's not even funny. So, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Now – 
he could. I can't see him falling off the, the cliff, right? No, you're no. Still, you're, you know, what, what games are left he could possibly fall off the cliff? No. So his numbers are still going to be – he's going to carry out these numbers to the end of the year. Oh, there's no question. I mean, you look at who they have left on their schedule. you got the Bears. They have nothing. Defensive problems. Saints have had problems all – Saints have talent. They just don't have a quarterback. They've been a problem all season long. You saw how they just they, – they've blown games recently. Uh, and then you have the Giants again at the end of the season. You know, I, I don't see any way, shape, or form Jalen Hurts falls off in terms of what he does, whether he's running the football, throwing the football, whatever the case may be. If he continues on this play, he has to be right there when the final voting is all said and done. Right. See, you know, the crazy the crazy thing about it is when you begin to search, you know, quarterback statistics, it, it, it's, it's so frowned upon. It's so frowned upon, if you will, um, that you – oh, there it is. You don't even see – the rushing, the the rushing yeah. statistics, you know. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find a final number on how many yards Jalen Hurts has right now and how close he is to a thousand. But it's almost like you got to jump through hoops. They'll give you, you know, by by game how many he had, but they won't tell you just straight up right. how many damn right. yards so the guy many, got. How many yards right. he has? Did you right. find it? No, because oh, they're just. They, I was they, looking at the same thing. They haven't updated it yet. It's not updated yet. <laughs> All right, well, he's got a lot. Let's put it that way. All right, so this is offbeat. This is the two-minute drill, so sometimes I throw an offbeat question in here. Uh, I've been watching the, the Fox pregame show. The game is on Fox today. And uh, so my, my question is this, and this goes to Seth, because Seth is a man of sartorial splendor. Seth knows how to dress. Look at him today. That's a nice piece he's got on today. Thank why, you, man. Why did Michael Strahan wears a three-piece suit every week? I'm curious to know what you think of that look, Seth. Oh, I love the look. Don't get me you, wrong. You like the three-piece? I'm, I'm too big of a guy to wear a three-piece well, suit, in my he? opinion. No, he's, he's like six five, two seventy. No, he's he ain't that. He ain't two seventy. Well, then he lost a lot of weight. He lost. He, he's, he's he is shape. nowhere. He is nowhere near his playing weight. Me, I'm I'm about 10, 15 pounds over my playing weight. Really? So, yeah. Are you living that fabulous life? That's why. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I don't. I go to the gym at least. Three to four days a week. I know, but I'm right? just saying I you don't, live a fabulous life. No. I go to the gym at least three to four times a week. Right. Okay? I'm not training <laughs> to play in the NFL anymore. Right. I'm training for health and well-being. Okay? So now, when I'm in season, I may, I'm like, you know, <laughs> it, it's cold now. I'm, I might be. I'm, I might be 10, 15 pounds overweight. It's all good because when I go home to Arizona when the season is over, uh -huh. I'll be down 20. <laughs> Okay, right, but, so, so but in general, but, but, you but say no. you like the three. I, I love, I love the look. Okay, I don't like. It makes no sense to wear a three-piece suit and have it button up, have the jacket uh -huh. outside button up, covering it up. The okay. whole point is, is to be able to expose and show the vest. I don't understand why they do that. And it doesn't work for me, like I said, because I'm too big of a dude you you. Know, to, to wear a three-piece. Right, he might want to mix in a, a different look. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's talk to the man who, who covered this game today up at MetLife Stadium. And uh, they, 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 The games get more impressive as we speak to this man. John, I don't know what else to tell you, but uh, they've won now nine in a row. They're 12-1. and one. There's been a couple of other teams that have been 12-1. and one. I get it. But this team just rolls on and on and on. What did you think about today? 
Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, I thought, look, I, I thought this was a mismatch on paper. The Giants were banged up. They're talent deficient to begin with, but they're banged up on top of it. So I thought, you know, maybe Houston was a little bit more on paper of a mismatch, and actually Houston played much better. Uh, but this one looked like a mismatch on paper, and it was a mismatch. I mean, three possessions, three touchdowns, game over. That, that, that was it. Uh, and the rest was just garbage time, glorified garbage time, like an NBA game. That's you know you're up forty uh, throughout the second, third quarters, and you know we've seen Gardner Minshew three times now because the Eagles are just so much better than everybody else. First team to clinch the postseason. Minnesota got waxed again. That defense is falling apart. You can forget about them for the number one seed. Dallas barely was able to beat Houston. So they're still in the mix, but it's looking more and more like the Super Bowl is going to run through Lincoln Financial Field. Hey, John, I asked you this question on the pregame show today if you thought that the Eagles would come out running more or passing the ball more. Um, the total numbers, they were basically balanced across the board in terms of the run-pass ratio. But that initial drive, when it came out, 14 plays, 84 yards, 8 minutes, and you look up, and seven of his completions were to seven different people. Yeah, were you, were yeah. you surprised by that? Uh, I'm never surprised because they can do generally what they want to do. They can toggle back and forth between the passing game. I was talking to Lane after the game. He said that was the game plan. They thought they could take advantage of stuff on the outside, and they knew Wink Martindale was going to blitz a lot. So that kind of you, you saw that develop on the fourth and seven to Devontae Smith. They checked to that. Um, obviously, A.J. was open whenever. And then as you get the big lead, that's why I never like to talk about run-pass ratio. I say that to Jody Mack all the time. He asks, what's the run-pass ratio? Tell me what the score is in, in, the, you know, in the fourth quarter. Yep. If you're up two touchdowns, it's going to look good as far as balance. If you're down two touchdowns, you're going to be throwing the football all over the place. So I don't get – too caught up into that but this was dominant and they could pass the ball they could run the football and this is obviously a very good defensive coordinator um got a you know maybe the best blitz blitz package in the nfl and they handled it they handled it well john what is going on with jonathan gannon it seems like you know there's there's he just kind of catches you off guard you know with his with his blitzes like, today, when, when the, the first time that they had him in fourth down, he did the same exact thing last week. But he didn't blitz on third down. He blitzed on third down, forced a bad throw by Daniel Jones. They come back on fourth down, and he just rushes four, and they drop in zone. Daniel Jones completes the pass for, for, first, for first down on, on fourth down. And I'm just, like, losing it. Like, if you're gonna come on, if you're gonna come on third down, why are you gonna back off on fourth down? The, the circumstances and the situation are the same. But I was pleasantly surprised. I looked at D. Gun. I was like, my goodness, are you kidding me? They ran line stunts today. They ran blitzes today. I even seen a a, a, a stunt between um, Kazir White and Hassan Reddick, where they ran like, you know, Kazir lined up like a defensive tackle and ran like a. And a, a TE stunt with Kazir White, so I know it's in there, but it, it just it, it it dumbfounds me sometimes, you know, because 
Sometimes he'll bring it. Sometimes he won't. And more often than not, he won't. <clears throat> well, uh, number one, when you talk about this defense, and I, th- they were dominant again today. They were at like 230 before complete garbage time. They gave up uh, a bunch of yardage late to get over 300. You know, they're second in total defense, first in passing defense, second in sacks, first in takeaways. You know, if you can get home with four, you want to get home with four. Uh, but they do have they, – they got this – you mentioned the stunts. They got this thing working really well between Fletcher Cox and Hassan Reddick um, where they're being really effective. Um, I don't know. Eagles fans want sacks. They're getting a ton of sacks. They got seven more today. Um, you know, I often – we talk about the offense all the time because it's obviously good. Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP level. A.J. Brown's A.J. Brown. We all know about the offensive line. Miles Sanders goes over 1,000 yards for the first time today. We all see that. The, the defense has been better. It's been better. I, I, I just gave you all the numbers. Third down, they're tremendous. Situational football. I mean, the only thing this team doesn't do well is special teams. They got the blonde block punt, the crazy play, and it looks like Aaron Sipos, unfortunately, pretty significant injury. We'll see. But he was on crutches uh, after the game. Uh, they had to go into desperation mode with Burton Cubby as the holder and, and Jake Elliott as the punter. Um, so there's some concern there. I, I don't know what people want out of this defense. Yet my, I always say, contextually, it's not about Buddy Ryan. It's not about Jim Johnson. It's not about Seth Joyner. It's about the other teams in the 2022 NFL. And in 2022 NFL defense, they play it better than anybody else except maybe San Francisco. You know, it's interesting because we we had this uh, debate on on what was more impressive and what what really did they rely on most, their their offense or their defense. And the numbers on offense are uh, eye-popping, but the point differential indicates that the defense is equally as good. So it's really (laughs) – we're looking at an offense that has three guys have scored ten touchdowns. Uh, a couple of guys, yeah. one rushing for over a thousand yards. The other guy catching balls for over over a thousand yards. And Jalen Hurts putting up MVP numbers. Can we really sit here and say that it's not the offense, but it's the defense that's the most dominant part of this team? Well, it, it's not an insult to the offense, and the offense might be uh, the most dominant part of this team, as you mentioned. All those things are true, Mike. And I think anybody who doesn't believe Jalen Hurts is in the MVP conversation looks more foolish by the day. I mean, this team is dominant offensively, but they've also been dominant defensively, at least as dominant as you can be in in this era of football. So that's the part I don't get. There seems to be this disconnect that the defense isn't doing this, the defense isn't doing that. If you're number two or number one, how much higher can you go? Common sense says that. All right, instead of being the second overall defense, they can be number one. Instead of being second in sacks, they could be number one. I guess there's room for improvement. But when you add that they're first in takeaways and they're first in passing team, that's pretty stinking good, Mike. Uh, hey, John, who would you pick as we sit here right now? Who would you pick as the Eagles' defensive MVP? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. There's so many uh, people you can choose from, and I'm going to upset people further because it's not the splash guys. It's To me, it's T.J. Edwards. T.J. Edwards is the quarterback of that defense. 
I don't know whether it was because he was undrafted and people don't believe what they're seeing. You know, Pro Football Focus has got him graded as the third best linebacker in the entire NFL. People say he can't cover. He's the sixth best coverage linebacker in the NFL. He makes play after play after play. He gets people lined up correctly. Um, there's so many people you can choose from. Hassan Reddick, Darius Slade, James Bradbury. Um, but if I had to pick one, I, I would pick uh, T.J. Edwards. Okay. John, I think people sometimes, you know, misconstrue, you know, my critique and my analysis for just straight plain criticism, okay? You know, when I talk about this defense or I talk about this team or anything along those lines, it's it's just that, you know, because I look at the I look at the game from a completely different perspective. You know, we can look at what it looks like now, but I always say that, you know, what you see oftentimes is a preview of what's to come. You know, and that's not in a negative stamp, stance. That's just, you know, factual. So, I mean, what we do is we talk about, we debate, you know, we critique and we break down that which we see. So it's not that, you know, listen, how do you argue with a team that ranks, you know, in the top three in just about every statistical category? How do you argue, you know, with a team that's posted seven, the 13 sacks in the last two games? How do you argue with, you know, what you're seeing in a team this 12 and one or 13 and one, wherever, wherever they are right now, you, you don't argue that, but you know, you do critique it. You do talk about, you know, how you think things could be better. You do talk about, um, you know, when you're talking about some of these upper echelon teams that they're going to have to face in order to win the Super Bowl. you do make those, those, you know, comparisons and talk about what that looks like. Um, so I think sometimes people kind of get confused or twisted that, you know, Oh, Seth Jordan hates Jonathan Gannon, and he hates the defense, and, you know, he thinks that they – no, that's not the point. The point is, you know, if you're playing, if you're coaching, you know, if you're in the media, you know, if you're not trying to get better, then what what are you doing at what you're doing? Yeah, and, well, that's one of the things. You know, if you go back to the Washington game, the only loss, there was this, you know, I don't want to call it whatever you want to call it, but there was some pearl clutching that – oh, the Eagles can't stop Brian Robinson. What are they going to do against Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley? And here we are past that. And here's something that, that I was thinking about, Seth. That actually helped the Eagles because um, they hit this sort of uh, a stretch against teams who can't throw the football. And they hit this stretch against teams that can't throw the football just as Avante Maddox went down, now thankfully Avante returned today, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson went down. So they weren't playing teams that could take advantage of those two players being out of the lineup. And you have Josiah Scott, who did a, a workmanlike job. You had Reed Blankenship, who got injured today, and that could be serious. So you got further concerns at safety. Um but you were playing teams that couldn't take advantage of it. So everybody's worried about Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor. And it became easier for the Eagles because they didn't have to worry about the passing game. Now, you're right. If you go to where you want to go, Seth, ultimately you're going to have to face 
Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or somebody of that nature. And guess what? You're going to get gashed at times because that's the way the league has made the modern game. So it becomes about efficacy. How, how successful are you? And, you know, Jim Schwartz used to say, you know, yeah, we'd ask him, how'd you play defense? Whatever their record was, seven and four defense, four and six defense, five and 11 defense. This team's 12 and one. They're playing 12 and one defense. They are playing 12 and one defense. Uh, you just yeah, mentioned Blankenship, so uh, the word is that's not good. And uh, how about Sipos? Will they have to sign a punter, John? It looks like it. I mean, he was on crutches in the locker room. Nick Sirianni purposefully doesn't talk to the doctors until after he talks to us so he can, you know, uh, feign uh, not knowing uh, how serious these injuries are. Pretty clear Aaron's is, at best, going to be a week. You know, he's going to be out for a number of weeks. So they're going to need a punter. Uh, Reed Blankenship, Kayvon Wallace came in the game. We're going to have to see about that. Lane Johnson did talk, uh, and he mentioned it was a tweak. He thinks he's fine, but he'll have tests, so that's positive. Kyron Johnson got hurt. You know, this MetLife turf, every single player in this league hates playing here. I'll just say that. Hey, John, John real quick before we let you go, um, I'm told that there's a possibility that they're concerned about Blankenship having a torn ACL. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now you have um, Blankenship with that. You have C.J. Gardner-Johnson with the uh, lacerated kidney situation. So is it just the next man up mentality? Is it Kayvon Wallace we're looking at right now or what? Yeah, it was Kayvon came in today. Josiah Scott, the cross-trained at safety, he might get involved as well. Um, there's no question you have Marquis Blair on the practice squad. He's a former second-round pick. Uh, he might have to factor in. But, boy, January 1st, hopefully C.J. Uh, Gardner-Johnson can get back by then because you want him uh, back for the playoffs. That's got to be the long-term plan. I'm John. sure we're going to hear Malcolm Jenkins talk. Wow. <laughs> All right, Johnny, th- listen, thanks uh, for hanging around. Appreciate the, uh, the uh, insight on the game. We'll see you next week at Chicago, which should not be a problem, which ties them with the best record, 13-1. And then and then that they play who, – who do they play after that? <laughs> I forget who uh, it is. Christmas but... Eve, <laughs> Dallas. You know, it looked like it'll be, for it'll a long be a, time yeah. today. It'll, for it'll... a long time today, it looked like Houston would get Dallas, but they pulled it out in the end. So uh, that game is still going to be meaningful, I think. Yeah. So we can't stay wait. Stay tuned, John. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you. Thanks, guys. All right, that's. Uh, hey, you know what, man? I think it's. I think it goes without saying. It's time for Kayvon Wallace to grow up and be the pro that the Philadelphia Eagles drafted him to be. It's crunch time, man. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know whether it's been three years or four years. I mean, he came out of a top-flight, you know, um, program, played, you know, for um, Venables down in in at, at Clemson, you know, played on the national championship team, you know, and we've been waiting for this guy to like wake up and and step into his rightful spot. And we brought guys and put them all around him while he plays special teams and waited. It's time for him to grow up and step up, you know, and be the player that, you know, we, we when, when they drafted him, that they thought he could be. They thought he was going to be the replacement to Malcolm Jenkins. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I agree with you. But based on what we've seen him play sporadically this year, are you confident that he can do that? There's, it's small things, man. It's like today, the, the, the play that we were talking about in the game. Right. You know, it's 
you know, you, you're in a, a tight situation where you got tight ends and, and, and wide receivers tight, and you're in a man-to-man -man situation. And, you know, if, if you're my man, I'm looking at you, okay? He gets a play-action fake, and he gets caught up looking in the backfield, and his guy's off running. I'm like, come on, man. You know, listen, if it's a running play, you look at your guy. Your guy's going to block, go block somebody. But when your guy just, like, takes one step and goes out and you get caught up, you know, looking at the quarterback's socks or whatever the hell it is that you're looking at, come on, at what point in time do we, like, move past some of these, you know, elementary-type mistakes that we make as players, you know? I mean, you got to, you know, and, and the Eagles need him now. They not only need him on the field, you know, defensively, but they need him on special teams. It's time, at some point in time, a guy's got to grow up. And if they don't grow up, you know, by the fourth, by the third or fourth year, then, you know, maybe you have to, like, face the real, face the reality that that kid is going to be who they are and they're not going to grow up and that you got to make some changes and you got to go find somebody that can give you what you need. All right. Uh, plenty more to come, including the drive of the game, including some game balls. It is Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show. Stick around. We're back after this. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination down in town, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
My name is uh, Fran Salerno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back to the Pondland Hockey Post Game Show. I'm Devin Caney. It is time for our Jeff D'Ambrosio Auto Group Drive of the Game. Go JeffAuto.com. Guys, I know that this is always your favorite segment of the show. Uh, I love to randomly call on you. So, Mikey Miz, you oh. look like you are itching to give your Drive of the Game. Uh, I, did I call you first I think, last I, time, I, too? I think you got me last week, but uh, since you're, you did it, you can't take it back yeah, now. Yeah, I won't. Um, all right, so, like, you know, most people would go with the first Drive of the Game, which set the tone, but I'm going to go with the drive that made it 14 to nothing because they took over at their own eight in that drive and there were a couple of really important conversions. First of all, Jalen ran for a first down on a third and six and then of course, big fourth down and seven uh, at the 41 and, and, they, and they, he floats a pass out. They, they go for the downs, he floats a pass out. The safety, Julian Love, I don't know what, he, he was waiting for the ball like he was a, a baseball outfielder instead of snatching it. And uh, Devontae makes the, the catch in midair and rolls in for the TD. 12 plays, 91 yards. I'm going to go with that as my drive of the game. That was uh, an incredible drive and an incredible play. And just watching the replay, whew, Devontae snatched it right in the snatched nick of time because that could have been real it, bad. It, it shouldn't have been an interception, really. It was floated up there. If the safety makes a play on the ball, a yeah. better play on the ball, maybe he picks that off. But Devontae caresses it and scores. Yes, thank, thank God. Thankfully he did. Uh, Diga, what about you? Yeah, Mike, I want to thank you for opening the door for making it easy for me. So I'm going to go with the first <laughs> drive of the game. Basically, I've been looking at this drive since we've done this postgame show. Giants started this game, no Dory Jackson, no Xavier McKinney in the back end. Fabian Morales, I've mentioned time and time again in the pregame show, is your number one cornerback out there in the field. That's a problem, okay? 
So what do the Eagles come out and do? They exploit that weakness right away. They go down the field, 14 plays, 84 yards, chew up eight minutes off the clock. Jalen Hurts, who goes 9 of 10 on that drive for 64 yards, hits seven different receivers on their drive. Set the tone, no looking back. That's my drive of the game. All right. You know what's interesting? Uh, interesting, fun fact, I don't know. When you put up more than 40 points, there are so many drives to choose from Absolutely. here. It's not like Absolutely. the options are limited. So, right. Seth, I expect you to pick a totally unique and different drive. Than oh, what and you and know Mike I said. will because, you know, <laughs> I am um, It's kind of a, a hint, you know, who my game ball is going to. Listen, I'm thrilled for Miles Sanders um, and the way he's been playing. I think that Miles can be, you know, such a dynamic player if he's given the opportunities. Um, you look at, um, I, I think it's um, drive number seven, number eight, number nine or 10, I think it is. It's seven plays for 76 yards and Miles rips off a 40 yarder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you just know he's been waiting for a breakout like that. And you know, he, he I can remember I, I looked at Mike and I looked at D Gunn and I was like, you know, I'm like, Miles is done. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he, had, he had 15, 16 carries. Yeah. And I said, you know, and when I said he's done because I was watching the stats, the next play, um, Boston Scott comes in. I was like, see, I told you he's done. Yeah. And then the, the, the quarter switched and Miles came in and he rips off that 40 yard. And I'm like, wow. You know, 144 yards on 17 carries. Imagine what this guy could do if you gave him the ball 20 times. And we talked about in the pre in the pregame, and a lot of people, you know, in the comment in the chat section was talking about, oh, Miles can't carry the ball, you know, 20 times a game. You know, he's injury prone. Let's not talk about what he used to be. Let's talk about what he's doing now. Every time that you've given him ample opportunities and ample time to carry the ball throughout this season, he has produced in a huge way. He's now a 1,000-yard rusher with 10, 10 rushing touchdowns, you know, in this current season. Um, to me, that was just a beautiful drive to watch. Do you think Miles Sanders has earned a contract extension with the Eagles? I think he's earned it. I don't think he's going to get it. Why? Because, I, you know, when you start looking at the dollars and what it looks like, if indeed the Eagles, you know, if, if Jalen Hurts wins the MVP, they're going to have to look at re-upping yeah. him this offseason. That's going to change the dynamics of this football team in a lot of ways. Defensively, you know, you've got a dominant defense. You know, you got Kazir White, you got to think about. You got Bradbury, you got to think about. You got CJ Gardner Johnson, you got to think about. All these guys on expiring contracts. You got to think about, hey, are we going to bring back BG? Are we going to bring back? So when you start thinking about all of that, and you start thinking about what has to be done to keep the offensive side intact because you've got to do that for your franchise quarterback if you're going to pay him franchise money, mm -hmm. then, you know, it starts to look more and more like, you know, that old mantra that, you know, we can find a, a running back anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's the downside of being a, a great football team, too. You know, you have to pay your quarterback. You're going to lose guys. Uh, 
I also like that you mentioned Boston Scott, and I really appreciate that even though it was in garbage time, Boston Scott still got a touchdown against the Giants because it's only right. It's become a tradition. Boston Scott has to score when the Eagles play the Giants. And you know Nick Sirianni likes to be cute like that, so I really appreciated that they still snuck that one in. I know the real reason you appreciate it. Oh, what's the real? Because I because <laughs> I had money on it. Probably. <laughs> Don't forget to add my boy. What my boy got a couple snags today. Um, Who's my boy? Jack Stoll. Jack Stoll. Yeah. With two more catches. Are you gonna get your game ball today <laughs> no. for his two catches, Mike? No. <laughs> hey, listen, those catches are critical. I think, yeah, you no, know, they are. Listen, you talk about Jack Stoll. But Calcaterra, they both had yeah, yeah two uh, catches listen, also. Two catches apiece for you know right around 20 yards each. Those are critical because it forces the defense to now pay attention to a position that since Dallas Goddard has been gone, they had they hadn't really been paying attention to. For the last two weeks, they've done that. Well, and you know what's incredible, you know, talking about offense, defense being dominant. Dallas Goddard is out, and yes, he's a massive loss. But the Eagles didn't seem to feel it at all today. Like, they're, they're carrying on just fine. Your boy Jack Stoll, Calcaterra, like, they're stepping up. So. The last two weeks, though. Yeah. The last two weeks, back, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. The last two weeks, because everybody yeah. was talking, oh, since 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 Dallas has been out, oh, we haven't been able, you know, the tight ends, they're just out there. They're not mm. doing anything. Then back-to-back weeks, bam, bam, you know. You know what it is? This team is so good that they, they absorb lesser talents to fit in well. You know, like the defense is littered with guys like that, except for Kayvon Wallace. It's a good test. But, you know, guys like Josiah Scott have come in, Epps have come in. Those guys have been absorbed by the, the overall whole of how good they are. Well, it's, it's that standard that they talk about, okay? If you come in and you're replacing somebody, you know, there's still a standard, even though you might not be that person. Like, you know, Reed Blankenship might not have been C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Yeah. But there's a certain level that he has to play to that allows the defense not to miss a beat. And that that works all across, you know, every position in all levels. You can't have a major drop off at a position. Look, you don't these those two guys, Calcaterra and Stowe, they don't have to be Dallas Goddard. All they gotta do is give the team just enough production to not miss Dallas Goddard in the most major ways because the offensive strategy is gonna make up for that. Well, we will see uh, who does get Mike Misnelli and everyone else's game balls coming up after this quick break. Uh, come on in, Joe. <laughs> Joe. Joe didn't beat the 30-second clock. He was, supposed to, was, he, was he, was, he was supposed to be in and out 30 seconds. He fumbled one of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow, we're back. Our executive producer got on the air. Um, he, he didn't get off in time. Well, welcome back to the Pond the Hockey Post game show. Um, wow. <laughs> it's time for some game balls presented by Colony Pools. Fly with Colony.com. Uh, I have no idea how long that we were just on and like did, I didn't notice it, so hopefully that played well. Um, <laughs> Mike, you're all laughs. I keep picking on you today. No, I'm cause sorry. I kept, I kept saying, come on, Joe, hurry up, hurry up. He just put, he just put the ball something. He didn't make it in time. Yeah, uh, well, 
I guess uh, that's a fun blooper for our viewers to, to catch. Uh, who does your game ball go to, Mike? Uh, well, uh, I would be doing a disservice to Miles Sanders if I didn't give him the game ball. I mean, uh, uh, my man, uh, that 40-yarder kind of clinched it for me, but uh, he's been just so good. He, he made a couple of jump cuts that, that we were talking about. Like It looked like Shady McCoy, like back in the day. Mm. It's a little slick move to the left and, and and he gets he's really good at pacing like he'll, he'll pace himself to get a bigger game uh, he's really learned how to do that very well uh, in this league Deegan what about you 144 on 17 carries he goes over a thousand yards for the first time in his career uh, through 13 games he has basically silenced his critics about not being able to stay healthy uh, for a season still got some football to play uh, whether he's playing for, with that proverbial chip on his shoulder because of financial reasons or the media talking about him not being a durable back, I don't care what it is. The bottom line is he has been a vital cog in that offense all season long. So, Miles Sanders, congrats on your 1,000-yard season and also congrats because you get my game ball today. Love it. Seth? Man, I feel like I've been set up. What would you say? That, what, Seth, would I set you up on purpose Man, for anything? Man, I tell you, I feel like I've been set up, Devin. Well, you, know, I, you know what? I'm so, at the second I called on Mike first, I'm like Seth is going to kill me because I keep giving him the I last just pick. have been been set up. They both <laughs> they both jumped. I mean, this dude's going to get three game balls today. Y'all yes. knew I was why going not? with Miles. Why not? Listen. I had no idea who you, you were can, going with. He deserves you know it. Listen, you know the thing I like about Miles. You talk about his running. Um, Miles has evolved as a runner because you know the first couple of, first couple of years, all he wanted to do was bounce everything outside. He thought he had the speed to run away from everybody. Um, I felt he learned a little bit um, from, gosh, what's the, the kid that was here for a short period of time from Chicago? Jordan. Jordan, oh, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. Yeah. Um, I thought he learned, I thought it was a good idea, you know, his first year when they moved him out of the starters role and put Jordan Howard in, and he got an opportunity to see how an NFL running back had to operate. Yep. And he got better over the time because of the presence of, of, of Jordan Howard but I'm watching him make some runs now I mean his patience in the hole his patience to wait and let defenders get out of position and set blocks up um, his footwork is just fantastic when you watch how quick his feet are and how he can be in one hole one second and almost look like he's karaoke and 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 in another in another hole the next hole over the next second um, I just think that he's a phenomenal talent, and I thought, and I believe that if if they gave him Devin more, um, you know, more workload, that he'd be, you know, even that much better of of a, of a running back in the NFL. Um, but you know, I, I also know that this team likes to throw the ball. You know, they didn't go out and trade for a 24-year-old wide receiver and then turn around and give him, you know. 100 million over four years to turn and give it to the running back every single time. So um, I, I, I get it. I understand. But I think that he can be dynamic. And if he improves his catching the ball out of the backfield, if the Eagles aren't a home for him next year because of money, there's going to be a lot of suitors next year for him. Well, when you want to put any running back in a category of a complete back, that back has to do three things well. Run the ball, mm -hmm. catch the ball, and block. Yeah, I call and it I, generational running back. Yeah, and, I, and I don't think Miles Sanders gets enough credit for his improvement in the blocking game as well. Prime example, linebacker blitz in the game. He stuck his shoulder in that dude's chest, stopped him cold today, gave Jalen time to sit back there and throw another pass. You know, we, we don't talk about Miles enough. 
in terms of what he's been able to do in the blocking game as well. The other one that really impressed the heck out of me was the quarterback keep with Miles, you know, um, led up in the hole, right. and he hit number 51 under the chin and yes. just stunned him. Yes. I mean, his knees buckled. And I'm like, running backs don't, you know, to, especially today's running backs, right. they don't like to do that. No, they'll you throw know. a shoulder in, that's yeah, it. Yeah, they'll throw and a shoulder in and, and, and hope that that's enough. Yeah. But he hit him right under the chin and buckled his knees. Um, so, I mean, he, he, can, he can do it all, man. There's no doubt about it. Uh, all right, well, Miles Sanders unanimously gets yes, unanimous. uh, everyone's game balls today and very much well-deserved on that. Uh, stick around. The Pond La Hockey post-game show is coming up after this break. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know who Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Continue your communication sciences and disorders education at South University within the Doctor of Audiology or Masters of Science in Speech-Language Pathology programs. With state-of-the-art labs, on-campus clinics, and extensive externship opportunities, students position themselves to be at the top of the job market. Stand out in the audiology and speech-language pathology profession by visiting salus.edu. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. 
All right, welcome back to the Pondla Hockey Eagles postgame show live from Ocean Casino. Eagles won 73-12 today, or something like that. Well, no, it was 48-22, but they dominated the New York Giants. And i, I got to say, I felt bad for the Giants. A lot of them come down from New York to the casino, and uh, a lot of them were trying to shirk out of here, uh, embarrassed uh, by, by the Eagles today. And, and there were some really good highlights. And Miles Sanders goes for 144 yards and gets over 1,000 yards. A.J. Brown gets over 1,000 yards receiving, and I guess that was well worth the money to, to sign A.J. Brown. And Jalen Hurts continued on that MVP track, and yet the defense still stands up. You know, they, the Giants didn't really score 22 points uh, in this game today. They were gifted a touchdown on a, on a blocked punt, and they scored a meaningless eight-pointer towards the end. They really got smoked today. So, so here the Eagles are at 12-1. and one. And they go into Chicago next week against a really bad Bears team. Uh, I just looked at the line, guys. What do you think the line for the game is next week? Ten and a half. It is not. It is eight and a half, but it will definitely oh. go Get up, up to ten. That's ten lower than I considering yes. the it's, Cowboys were seventeen point favorites over really? the Texans. Yeah, it's I like guarantee similar. this yep. will be a double digit before yeah. that game goes off. It'll definitely be a double double digit Eagles. Uh, you asked me last week, you know, what I thought the line would be. Would you when I, have it cold? Yeah, when I said seven, you was like, oh, no way. Over, not over. only they covered, what did they cover it by? Like 23 <laughs> three times the amount? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I should have I gone to that kiosk. And, and I told play you, it. man. H however, Listen. I did play another one that I have to cash. Oh. I got Yeah, we were, on I the, we were on the same wavelength oh, on oh, that is, one. Is this a cash ticket? Yes, it is. For what? Uh, For what? <laughs> Listen, we were, on the same, we were on the same wavelength today. He comes in. And, and we're sitting there talking. I was like, Mike, man, I said, the Lions are going to upset Minnesota today. And he pulls the ticket out of his pocket. <laughs> Already on it. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, You Sometimes you can figure out what the Lions are. But, you know, I, how do you not think the Eagles are going to win that game next week by 20? You know, like they're, they're, they're 20. They're, well, that's what I'm what? saying. They're so, they're so much bet or more. Right, so more and more. The only touchdown I see the Bears scoring is if the Eagles are up by 30 and Justin Fields takes off because the Eagles are tired of playing and just lets them score to make it look respectable for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say anymore. When we watch these games and see how dominant they are, and we can't pick out any flaws at all. We try hard to pick out a flaw. In this particular situation, they have to find a punter for this week, and they have to hope that Kayvon Wallace will be able to fill in until C.J. Garner-Johnson comes back. But – no, this team is, is is it just rolls along so easily and dominantly that I, I it's almost like we're bored well, at listen, times. It's not it's it's not easy, man. You know, <laughs> what, I'm telling you, what these guys do is they execute with perfection, almost. You know what they what they do. Football always comes down to execution because a plan looks a, a plan sounds good and it looks good up on the board and in your playbook until you get out there on the field and those X's and O's on the other side start moving and breathing and thinking and reacting and start doing things that you don't really account for them doing. You know, you're but you're right, they have sharp execution. So so like how how does that come? It, it, like practice I assume means a great deal, but they never seem to miss a beat when it comes to execution. Well because they're they so if you talk about it on the offensive side, the thing that they do well is they do they, they do a really good job of stressing offenses, you know, because they have the ability to attack you in so many ways, either on the ground or through the air with so many different weapons. 
whether it be, you know, Jalen running the ball, whether it be, you know, Miles running the ball, whether, you know, it's 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 um, Boston Scott or Kenneth Gainwell coming in, you know, they can attack you from the tight end position, all three wide receiver positions. Um, there's just so many things that you can actually, so many ways that they can hurt you, you know. So they, they keep you stressed, you know, uh, on what, and they know what they want to do. They, they have a plan for how they want to attack you, and then they put the onus on you. Usually, and, and, and that's, what the, that's what the NFL has evolved to, sadly, because I remember the time from a defensive perspective, we could not only dictate what you did, we could dictate personnel by the way we attacked you from, the deep, from a defensive perspective. Now, the offense controls everything. They tell you what personnel you can put on the field, what matchups they will attack, and if you don't adjust, you know, they just run roughshod all over you. Uh, we, I'm glad you brought up Boston Scott because we didn't even mention this in the scope of this uh, postgame show, but he had a 60-yard kickoff return. Uh, and it answered, this is what the Eagles I love. They answer something. So the Giants get it to 21-7, right? And, and they look like they can get a little momentum going. Bang. Here comes Boston Scott with a 60-yard uh, kickoff return. And only led to a field goal. They stopped them a little bit. But that's, they, they always have an answer, Derek. Well, you know what? I'm glad to see the special teams is finally catching up, and I'm glad they finally looked at Boston Scott as an answer back there on kickoff return. You know, you look at the last two games now. Michael Clay has done a much better job. We have ripped him apart in his special teams all season long. But look at what they did last week, and look at the way the special teams has played now. You know, Covey had another couple of nice returns in this game today. Boston Scott, the 66-yard kickoff return. Um, you want to go deep into the playoffs, you got to be extremely efficient in all three phases of the game. The Eagles were efficient in two-thirds of the game. Now that other part of the game that was a weakness is starting to get stronger and stronger. you got to keep watching it closely. Hopefully they don't resort back to what they were a few weeks ago. But right now I like the direction the special teams is going in. Uh, by the way, one note, I, um, Debo Samuel got hurt today for the 49ers. Yeah, got carted off the yeah, field. Yeah, he got carted off the field. So Grabbed we his knee. talked yep. a little earlier about the 49ers being a threat. I mean, they're, they're ripping apart uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, is, uh, <laughs> yeah, Christian McCaffrey. You know, yeah. It's yeah, getting ugly in San Fran. Yeah. yeah so, you know, we don't know how that will impact them, but that's not our concern at this point. Chicago Bears are concerned, and then next week, uh, a big uh, Christmas Eve game uh, at uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, any, any any closing thoughts from uh, everybody? Um, impressive is the one word that continues to come to mind when you look at how the Eagles go about their business. It, it's almost at a point now from a spectator standpoint, we're getting bored watching the games because basically the games have been over by the end of the third quarter. But in a lot of ways, this could be a season we could be talking about and remembering for many, many years to come. If they finish it off in grand style by hoisting that Lombardi trophy, they, I think they're the most complete team on offense and defense in the National Football League. All they have to do now is continue on this journey, don't have any more stumbles, especially in their second season. And this could be as special, if not even more special, than that 2017 season. Well, listen, I don't, I don't get bored because I remember – you know, having to do games when they were 4-12-1, okay? <laughs> I, I, I remember last year when they eked into, you know, the playoffs in that seven seed and then went down to Tampa Bay and just got completely destroyed. So I don't get bored watching the Eagles beat the doors off people, you know, because they've had their time, they've had their struggles. You know, we're five years removed from, you know, that Super Bowl victory. So I'm enjoying 
watching, you know, Nick Sirianni and his staff, Jalen Hurts, and these wide receivers and these guys on the defensive side of the ball, I'm enjoying watching them dominate the rest of the league um, because you know, you enjoy it while you can because, you know, this thing is cyclical. There's going to come a point in time in the not-too-distant future, you know, where we're going to be sitting screaming at the TV, you know, overly critiquing the situation all over again. And then Howie's going to have to go back and work that magic over a three to five year span and rebuild it all over again. That's just the way this league works. Yeah, and you know, what a unique problem to have in Philadelphia where our Eagles are too good that we're complaining that we're bored. And even throughout this season, we had that stretch where the games weren't that boring. Uh, so just, I think I need to remind myself to be grateful and you know lean into how exciting this is. It's the best Eagles team I've watched in years. So yeah, all trying right. to enjoy it all. We'll be at you next week. The uh, another one o'clock game uh, in Chicago, uh, the Eagles and the Bears, and then uh, the Dallas game. We can't wait for that. Uh, for Derek Gunn, Seth Joyner, Devin Caney, I'm Mike Missinelli. Thanks for watching, everybody, on the Pond La Hockey Eagles post game show. We'll see you next week. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor. A pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted. Revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate. Honest. And fair. He is extremely dedicated. Motivated. And always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader. And we're lucky to have him. Passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.